0: It is Locked On Jazz for the 26th of October. Big one tonight, Jazz and the Denver Nuggets. Nuggets with a stunning loss last night to Cleveland. We'll look at what happened to them, break down the matchup tonight, get you ready for the ballgame, plus the road to 55 wins. What will it take for the Utah Jazz? It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Pum, You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, how are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it. Way better to be a jazz fan each and every day. Thank you very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day every day. We appreciate it. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. You can hit the subscribe button right there. Also hit that little bell and make sure you get there. Also, have a little fun. Give us the likes, all those kind of fun things that help us uh, show up on the whole YouTube uh, realm of things. Good chat room conversation goes on on our YouTube. If you watch it on that, you can always interact with that. Um, tonight, today we'll discuss the keys, let you guys discuss the keys uh, to the Jazz victory over the Denver Nuggets. All right, a uh, bunch of stuff. here's. I'm mean, going to do something a little different on the YouTube end of things. Podcast is going to feel the exact same today. Uh, on the YouTube end of things, I've released two different shows. One is our first two parts of the show, which is just me and you, and then part three it, which is going to show, go up as a separate YouTube premiere later today, is me and Adam Matas of Locked on Nuggets uh, in a conversation preview in the game, which we actually did before they played the Cavaliers last night, where we're absolutely certain it would be two undefeated teams, and it's not uh, because they lost last night, which is, oops, I jinxed it. On the podcast, it will feel exactly the same as it always does, as um, we'll just roll right into that segment. So don't uh, fret if you're listening on any of the various podcast platforms. Okay. Um, Jazz Nuggets. This is obviously Jokic Gobert more than anything else, and Jokic has just suddenly, after struggling with the three and not being able to handle Gobert, has now become dominant over Rudy. Uh, last year, he's twenty of thirty from the field, six of nine from three when guarded by Rudy. Uh, in nineteen twenty, he was twenty three of forty six, and then in the playoffs, he was sixty three of one hundred and nineteen. So over the last since 1920 season, he's now shooting 54 percent on 195 shot attempts, and he's 30 of 59 from three, 51 percent when guarded by Rudy. The craziest thing is Rudy's done the best job of anyone in the Jazz over that time period. He was 12 of 17 against Derek. He's five of six if you put O'Neal on him. Uh, he's Jokic has just simply become amazing, and he's you know he was the best player in the world last year. He distributes rebounds, scores, 26 points, 11 rebounds, eight assists a game last year, and he's above that right now. He's at 35, he's at 28 points, 16 rebounds, and four assists a game right now. He's just amazing, and so Jokic just determines everything that goes on with this team. Now, what's getting into, what's really interesting with Denver right now is what's going on with Michael Porter Jr. And this is the one to watch tonight because at some point he's going to bust out. And unfortunately, it feels like it could be tonight. So last year after the ACL injury to Jamal Murray, Jokic took 17 shots a night. Michael Porter Jr. took 16. And then P.J. Dozier took 11 and Will Barton took 10 and Aaron Gordon took 8 and Monty Morris took 8. I mean, they really were lacking that second guy. But it it, it seemed wildly obvious that the second guy this year would be Michael Porter Jr. That has not happened so far. In game one of the seat of the year, he took 10 shots, went 6 of 10. In the second game of the year, he took three shots. He went 3 of 10. And then last night, in a 99-87 loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers, where their offense just never got going, he took 14 shots. But he went 4 of 14, was 3 of 9 overall. Denver's offense last night was an 89 offensive rating. There are two things that are causing Denver major problems offensively right now. One, they're throwing the ball all over the gym. They're over 20 turnovers in or averaging over 20 turnovers in their first three games. They've had over 60 turnovers in three games. Might be because they're playing too many guys. They went with an 11 man rotation last night to try to get bones highland some time. He actually did a half decent job at that point um, and got them some buckets uh, but they're playing 11 guys right now, maybe because it was a back-to-back, but that's a little unusual. It's hard to do. It's hard to have a rhythm uh, with your top guy, Jokic playing 35, Barton playing 30. There just aren't, it's hard to do that. Nine-man rotation is the more normal um, process for it to be done. Uh, number two in for them right now is they can't, they couldn't hit shots last night. They were nine of 38 um from three so you know to some extent what happened last night to them in a loss to Cleveland is that they had a bad shooting day and maybe that's more than anything else is that they just simply had a bad shooting day from the Jazz standpoint you remember Boyan last year goes off against Denver he has 48 points he goes six of 23 eight of 11 for the season Boyan averaged 31 points against Denver now 48 one game will do that um Remember, Jokic had, in the game Denver won, Jokic had 22 in the first quarter against us. He scored 47. Denver just kicked our butt on January 31st. And then the Jazz won 109-105 on January 17th, uh, where Jokic and Murray is going. Donovan hit a jumper late. Clarkson carried the way. So this will be, you know, this will be a good test. It'll be interesting to see where Denver is right now. They've been very, very good defensively. They've held their opponents to basically a point of possession. All the, t- fact, every team has in this the jazz have done the same thing they have not allowed more uh than a point of possession uh so far this year defensively so two teams that are pretty good offensively get going defensively in our YouTube premiere and in our uh, podcast Adam and I uh we'll talk about um uh, a little bit more um let's see um so I'm trying to look at my other notes here for you. I think I got it. So last night Denver ends up just not ever getting a rhythm, not making shots early, um, and they actually trail with six minutes left. They're down like 14, so they get they get run a little bit um, by the Cavaliers last night. Um, and so you know that Mike Malone's teams usually bounce back a little bit. Michael Porter Jr. Is shooting 38% from the field and 35% from three. If you don't know Michael Porter Jr. well, he's six foot nine, maybe six ten. 220 pounds massive big kid and you know frankly as a game that is reminiscent he is not but reminiscent of Michael of of Kevin Durant um average 19.7 rebounds and is just incredible almost impossible to get into his shooting pocket so uh keys for me as I look at this one are going to be turnovers on both sides both teams have a propensity uh for a bunch of turnovers a second area uh, to look at tonight will be who is Denver getting second scoring from not is Jokic going off, but who's Denver getting second scoring from. And then quite honestly, Jokic has gotten better in the pick and roll defensively last year. He, t- he received as a defensive player. He got the second most picks against him of anyone in the league. He ranked 60th out of a hundred of the top hundred guys the year before he ranked 75th. So he's improving, but he's not great. Colin Sexton went around him a bunch of times last night. Um, and Darius Garland made some nice plays last night. So can we pull Jokic out, make him move defensively uh, and impact him? By the way, if you have not seen Evan Mobley yet of Cleveland, watch that one last night. They're really interesting. I mean, they're basically starting three, seven footers across the front line. Laurie Markkinen, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, all are 6'10 or taller starting on their front line. And then they bring Kevin Love off the bench. That's and Ricky Rubio off the bench with Isaac Okoro, who's just a great athlete. Cleveland's interesting. I mean, The league is just loaded right now. When I try to do this next sec part, which is the road to 55 wins, it is not easy uh, to try to figure out at all. We'll do that. Uh, What is it going to take for the jazz to win 55? I'll explain to you the metrics. I'll actually throw it up on the YouTube screen uh, for you here in a second. Good morning to Lee and to Ray, to Bridger, to Matthew, to Bryce, to JC, uh, to Jeff and to uh, four hashtag guy. Um, We'll see what's happening. Uh, special hello to all them who jumped in the chat room and said hello to us uh, this morning. Tuesday edition of Locked on Jazz is brought to you by our friends over at Murdoch Hyundai. Jason Creech is my guy over at the 4646 South State Street. He emailed me the other day. They're available and arriving before December. So this is great news if you're looking for a car. 14 Elantras, 8 Sonatas, 15 Tucson's, 17 Santa Fe's, 10 Konas, and 2 Palisades. One of those Palisades might be gone because my Eric Noyes emailed me the other day and said, hey, can you set us up, get us a Palisade uh, before they uh, all are gone? And so he and Jason connected this weekend. So they may be down to one Palisade because one of our Locked On Jazz listeners have done it. Here's the great thing the Murdochs are doing. They are not charging you more than MSRP right now. They will not take advantage of this to try to, uh, to gouge people. Blake simply said, I'm not going to the grocery store. I'm not going to church and being interacting with people and having them Uh, know that I took them uh, for a little extra. We've been in business here for 80 years. We're going to be in business here for another 80 years, and we're going to keep that integrity that we have with the marketplace. That's what's special about the Murdochs, the connection to Utah and the Hyundais with their amazing cars. I'm driving a Sonata right now. It's just outstanding, um, unless I'm driving my son Santa Fe. So we're just Hyundai through and through. So there's a truth to what I'm telling you about. There. Today's show is brought to you by betonline.ag. If you're going to get into the action, the preferred place for the Lockdown Podcast Network is with our good friends over at betonline.ag. Lots of different action uh, for you to play and see on the NBA end of things Um, as well. Tonight, the Jazz and the Denver Nuggets are the TNT national TV game and the lines on that one. Uh, The early lines on that one, let's see what we've got for you. The Jazz should be favored. I would think I'm going to go by four. Let's see what I get. Uh, The Jazz tonight, seven. Wow. Seven-point favorite. Lakers are a five-point favorite over the Spurs. Dallas is a 10.5-point favorite over Houston. Golden State's a nine-point favorite over Oklahoma City. I don't know when they ever win a game. And the Knicks are a one-point favorite uh, for you. By the way, they have Christmas Day lines up. We are a a five-and-a-half-point favorite over the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, for Christmas Day. Uh, only other game last night of interest, by the way, the Clippers blew out the Portland Trailblazers. Portland's had just two really ugly performances um, here in the early going. If you're going to b- get online, promo code LOCKDOWN, we'll get a 50% welcome bonus with betonline.ag. Uh, 50% welcome bonus. Bet online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports. Bet online, where the game starts. It's betonline.ag. All right, so the road to 55 is something that um, we built a uh, a long, long time ago. And uh, I've just decided to rebuild it again. I'm actually going to share my screen, I think. I'm just kind of looking around on my screen to make sure there's nothing that seems like I don't want up there. Nope, no problems. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, share screen. Chrome. T- there we go. Okay. So you should have, uh, for those of you on YouTube, you have the screen. The concept here is instead of looking at the schedule and going game by game, you look at opponents. So the Jazz play the Denver Nuggets four times this year, twice at home. I figure we win one. We play them twice on the road. We try to win one. And you kind of run down each and every team in the NBA. Portland, four games, win one at home, one on the road, split with Portland. Minnesota, get three out of four, even though we've never played them well. Here's what's crazy to me about this. The league is so good right now. There's only, I only have a few teams that I think you just win all your games against. Oklahoma City, I think you got to go 4-0. Houston, I think you got to go 4-0. I think they're both really, really bad. Other than that, I don't have another team in the West where I project the Jazz to win all four of the matchups. Over in the East... I only have the Jazz beating, I have the Jazz beating the Knicks twice, which might be not so easy. Um, that was a stretch. I have not beating Cleveland twice, which after watching last night, I wonder. Detroit twice. Indiana twice. The, the New York and Indiana ones are the ones you have to get to get to 55. Orlando twice, which was not a stretch. Charlotte, which kind of was a stretch. And Washington. So, What I really look at the key to the 55 from the Eastern Conference standpoint is you have Charlotte, Miami, Atlanta, Indiana, Chicago, and New York, and Toronto. Those seven teams, and maybe even Boston, of those eight teams in the Eastern Conference, you've got to go get win three of those road games. So, of Boston, Toronto, New York, Chicago, Indiana, Atlanta, Miami, Charlotte. Those eight teams, I have us winning in Charlotte. I have us winning in Indiana. I have us winning in New York. And if you can win three of those eight, then you kind of do your job. While winning 13 of 15 at home against Eastern Conference teams, only Brooklyn and Milwaukee do I have us losing at home against. Now, in theory, we could beat those teams. But at some point, you do lose games. We're not going 82-0. and And if we're trying to get the road to 55, if we're getting the road to 60, then you actually probably have to win 14 of 15 at home. And you have to suddenly win, instead of those eight, you probably have to win five of them. And now we've upped our win total by by three, and you got to go find two other Western Conference wins too. But on the Eastern Conference, 13 of 15 at home, seven of 15 on the road. So seven and eight on the road against the East. And I think it's those three kind of three of those eight. If we think about it, like I'm John King of CNN and polling, and we talk about districts, you've got to win three of those eight districts to be able to win the nomination over in the West. Otherwise you're really just playing this game of, I don't have us losing a season series to anybody other than I do have us losing a season series to the Lakers. Um, we go and play there twice and home once, Obviously, if you want trying to get to 60, then you go grab one of those. Phoenix, I have a splitting. Denver, I have a splitting. Portland, I have a splitting. Uh, Clippers, I have us winning two at home and losing one on the road. That's a tough one right there to know that we'll do that. Houston, sweeping. New Orleans, three out of four. San Antonio, two out of three, because we only played them three times. Dallas, two at home, known on the road. Memphis, two at home, uh, none on the road with only one game and so I suddenly have us winning 23 of 26 home games against the West for an incredible to do this 36 and 5 home record 36 and five home record for us to win 55 games and then in our 26 road games against the Western Conference going 12 and 14. And that to me is the road to 55. We'll keep you updated on this right now. We're actually 0.5 games ahead because the projection has us going to Sacramento and winning one of the two. We have one. So we need so the way it works is if you look at if you want to, if you're on YouTube, is that in two away games, one projected win. As of date, we've played one game. So it's 0.5 projected wins to date. We actually have one. So we're actually ahead of plan. We could actually move another half game ahead of plan today. Then on our upcoming road trip, we go to Houston, which we would need to win. Chicago, which is one of the eight we're talking about, which would be a big grab if we could get that. And then Milwaukee, which I don't have us winning a game against for this season. So the upcoming road trip, actually, if we go one and two, not earth-shattering at all. The following road trip after that, we come home for one against, I think, Sacramento, and then play Atlanta, Miami, Orlando. And it's the same concept. We need – I have – actually have us losing at Atlanta and Miami with a win against Orlando. So you could have another one and two. We could suddenly find ourselves winning three of our next six and, uh, uh, along the way. So that's kind of the way to look at it. That's the road to 55, uh, for you. And I just realized I never shared my screen. Oh, I'm so sorry about that. Um, I bet you. You just realized this. So for those of you that are listening on the podcast, you got the exact same experience as anyone um, because I actually never uh, did a good enough job of sharing my screen. So here's just the breakdown of it uh, quickly for everyone. Uh, there's a little button I have to push. I got all excited and forgot to, forgot to push that one little button. Uh, but here's the system and how it works. And there you are. Uh, how to screw that up on YouTube pretty good. Nice job by me, uh, right there. Um, so if you watch, if you, uh, if you just thought your computer wasn't working, actually your host wasn't working, uh, very well. Uh, today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at rock auto, rock auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com. rock auto.com uh makes it easy for you with their unique website that's easy to navigate, old school, whether it's a fuel pump, a carpet, a washer blades, whatever it might be, uh washer fluid, whatever, rock auto has it for you. There's no need for you to spend 30, 50, or even a hundred percent more uh for you on the on your car needs because rock auto has it for you at less. They've been serving customers for over 20 years and making sure that you do-it-yourselfers or the professionals get treated the exactly same with the exact same prices. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Today's show is also brought to you by DirecTV Stream. One device for this, one for that, this, that's outdated and done because it's here for you. It's a single way to get all your entertainment you love without the hassle and your jazz basketball, and you can get it. Finally, all together at Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no more need to buy another device ever again. All in the, the best part, no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. Check it out at directtv. Com. Jazz and the Denver Nuggets tonight. Thank you very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. For your second listen, go listen to Locked on NBA. Our daily podcast it gives you a rundown in 30 minutes or less on all the things that took place the night before, so make sure you go grab it at Locked on NBA. Uh, the network's a great thing to be a part of. We have some super, super hosts, and one of them is the Denver Nuggets host, Adam Morris, that is coming up for you. JC says 82-0 at YouTube in our chat room. I'm all in for that. I just think it's a little, little uh, less likely than some others. All right, we'll get it going with Adam Morris of uh, Locked On uh, Nuggets here in a crossover preview of the big Thursday night TNT game. For those of you on YouTube, this show will end and It will premiere at 9 a.m. this morning for you in another feed. So grab it on that. And for those, I hope you enjoyed the show. Have a great one. Talk to you soon. Third segment crossover today with Locked on Nuggets, Adam Matas. I'm David Locke of Locked on Jazz. I'm Adam Matas, Locked on Nuggets. All right. Let's talk about it. Uh, We are recording this before the Cavaliers game, but we are assuming that we'll have two undefeated teams playing each other. Um, unless something crazy just happened. I I heard your show today where you're like, we are the Nuggets, we do this. This is actually the signature of the Quinn Snyder era, is that we actually don't do that. Like the Jazz actually beat below 500 teams uh, with some regularity, so we'll see how that changes. All right, let's talk where the Nuggets are now. Obviously, without Jamal Murray, when I ran the numbers on you, the team still comes out great. I have them as really good. The question is the burden of playing 82 games without that crazy Canadian leading the way. Right. That, no question about it. And the Nuggets, by
1: a, a crazy start to the season, have two back-to-backs this week. They're bo- bo- All of their games come in bunches this week, and it starts with the road trip to, to Utah. So that'll be a storyline, I think, You know, for this game. Uh, but the major storyline for the Nuggets is that they're figuring out who they are in this new era. You're right that they have a lot of talent. I'm not surprised the numbers say they should be as good as they were last year, even without Murray in the regular season. But through two games, the storyline has been the Nuggets are still figuring out that Jokic is great. What's everybody else? And where do you fit in?
0: I listen to your show all the time. I think you and Matt are outstanding. You know that. You get a text message from me all the time saying, I love the show. Um, So I think this is really fascinating for both these two teams. They both come in with pretty significant playoff scars. They both are really good. They both have a legitimate chance of thinking they could win it this year. You need Murray probably to get healthy. I don't know what we need. And yet what I'm most interested about, and this might be why these guys are professional athletes and why they're so special, is both teams seem to be mentally in a really good place when they both very easily could be in a mentally really bad place. Hmm. It's interesting. We talked
1: before the season about how in this era of the NBA, you just have to keep buying a ticket. Ticket to contention. And both the Jazz and Denver have been contenders now for the last two seasons, whatever degree of contender you want to qualify them as. And this is just another year. So I wonder if it's a little bit that. But I will tell you on Denver's side, (laughs) this is the type of things you can easily overstate and overanalyze these types of things. Jokic wears sweatpants and T-shirts to the games, and he has for six seasons. It's just that's who he is. That's what the kind of guy is The chip off of the Tim Duncan block. Showed up in a suit the other day. And when asked about it, he said, I'm a different man now. Kind of, I think, tongue-in-cheek. But I will say, Jokic has been, it's been a smaturation process and a, a business-like approach to him. Really last starting last season, but it seems uh, it's been ratcheted up this year. And, and that's the one thing about Jokic is the team's floor raiser. And he's approached these first two games like a guy who's on a mission, not having fun out there. I'm out here to win. And that's why I think Denver's floor is just so high, including against teams like Utah.
0: So this is actually, I'd even go more similar, Adam. So to me, that makes sense. I heard you guys talk about that. This was on uh, uh, Monday's show, and I thought it was a great conversation. It makes sense to me. And He was yeah. the best player in the world last year. Right. There's no way he thought, he could have said it when the year started, I think I can be the best player in the world. He couldn't have really believed it. But you know what? Last year, he was the yeah. best player in the world, and he's now yeah. walked around. So here's the other one. Rudy and Joe have that same feeling to them from the Olympics. No, Joe no, Engel no. said getting the bronze medal for Australia, which was our, you know, has yeah. just been this incredible relief. Rudy Gobert, the silver medal for France. I know they all want to win the gold and he was right. devastated when they didn't, but they go in kind of knowing they're not winning the gold, right? The U S has right. got that one latched up pretty well. So there's a little bit of that game, I think going on. Now I don't know about Donovan, and where he is, but he does seem, you know, hey, if Donovan's hit six of twelve off the bounce threes to start, so if he wants to just do that for the rest right. of the year, he's basically unstoppable, like Jamal Murray was in the bubble. Right. So that'll work out. So no, I, I do find these franchises, Rocky Mountain foes, have been on very parallel paths, and if we weren't somewhat rivals, we probably would just admire where each other are the whole time.
1: And when we did the Northwestern preview, this is you. So you brought up this buying a ticket to contention, just staying in in the race. But the other thing you talked about was the narrative gets written from the outside about, oh, they collapsed against this team or couldn't get over the hump. I think both teams, the Nuggets and the Jazz, look at it and they go, hey, we had some injuries. We had some of this luck or this matchup. But you know what? We're not afraid of it. We don't feel like we are a flawed team in any kind of way. Like with the, And I think the Nuggets feel this way where they're not like, oh, we got swept by Phoenix or we're not good enough this. I think they know, hey, we're good. We just got to work at it and become the best version of ourselves. And I think that's why... So from my perspective, certainly with the Nuggets, but I think both teams probably have more confidence than it appears on the outside because they just know they're good.
0: So how often have you heard them reference the Milwaukee Bucks? Because that is a phrase that I've heard out of our guys. I think the Bucks and their two playoff mm. just losses yeah. before winning it have given at least the Jazz kind of a model of hope.
1: It should. Yeah, it did. It absolutely should. I think it even, I mean, you look at even the last several years, Phoenix, you know, things broke right from, I think Denver's at the point where like, Hey, we're good enough that we don't need that many things to break. Right. You do every team needs one or two things to break. Right. They're in that category. Um, but what's interesting about this one, you know, the Gobert Jokic matchup is always interesting. I'm curious to see what Utah does and how they approach that matchup. They in the regular season, they've tried different things out. Of course, last year, putting some you know, Gobert off ball, In this one, I'm curious to see that matchup, but I'm more curious to see Jokic got a lot of help in the first game against the Phoenix Suns and Denver wins. He didn't really get any help in the second game against the San Antonio Spurs, but Jokic was good enough to beat the Spurs by himself in that fourth quarter. He's not good enough to beat the Jazz. So I'm curious to see if this is the first or maybe we'll see what happens tonight with uh, with the Cavs. But I'm curious to see where Michael Porter starts to find his footing because I think to beat the Jazz, the Nuggets need big performances out of several guys: Will Barton, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter. Probably two out of three of those guys need to step up, and we just haven't seen it
0: consistently yet. By the way, I ran the Jokic numbers on Gobert. There, nobody does this to Rudy. This is the testament to how great he is. Over some 1920-1920 playoffs, 2021 season, he's 106 of 95 from the floor when guarded by. Uh, Gobert, 54%. He's 30 of 59 from threes, 51%. That actually be, used to be the thing he couldn't yeah. do. He couldn't yeah. shoot the three over Gobert. More than, by the way, I apologize for the computer dings on this segment. It's not Adam, it's me. My Microsoft Teams has decided to just go crazy yeah. today right at this moment that we're recording this, and I have no idea how to quiet. They it. might so not be coming him, through
1: because I don't hear
0: them. Uh, good, uh, then uh, I'm glad. Um, yeah. Can I
1: make so a go real quick about the three? Yeah. Moment? Because I think there's something to that. The thing that has changed about Jokic over the last season and a half, he's quicker off of the drive. And I think because of that, you have to sag off. You used to be able to run out on him because he's so slow. You can, If he blows by, you recover. He's really gotten quick with his first step. I know that sounds funny because nobody thinks Jokic is quick. He's quick attacking closeouts now in a way that I think makes defenders close out a little bit more shallow because they're afraid of being blown
0: by. Okay, so I know you played Cleveland tonight, and since I asked this question, he'll probably take 22 shots, and that's the adjustment. <laughs> but Michael Porter Jr., only 10 shots in the yep. Suns game, only 10 shots in the Spurs game, and not a great playoff. Like, not a bad yep. playoff, but not a great playoff. What do you think is that being the front page of a scouting report? What do you think is going on there with Michael Porter Jr. so far?
1: I think this is it's the most fascinating question around the Nuggets and will be the entire season. I think a lot of this has to do with the Nuggets are Jokic's team. you got to fit in around him. And Michael Porter should fit in around Jokic very well. He's an incredible catch and shoot, uh, three point shooter. He's great off of cuts. But I don't, for whatever reason, he just hasn't found shots within the flow of the offense. He's not getting to the spots where he should be getting open, reading the court here and there. So, yeah, the low field goal, it's not even, he's shooting a great percentage, I think, on the season, but he's not getting shots. He's not finding them. And the team certainly isn't going away from what they do well to find him shots. So that give and take, I don't know what the healthy balance is. We had a good dis- debate about this on Lockdown Nuggets yesterday. I think Porter can do a better job of learning the game to find shots within the Jokic system, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Nuggets need to kind of give him a little bit of, hey, we'll, we'll meet you halfway on this so that you feel a little bit more comfortable out there. But for the last this last game especially just was not finding any shots in the offense.
0: So you talk talking about these two teams. I think most people, when they talk about it, they think Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell. They think Jokic, Gobert. They think yep. offense. All four games have been played. So this is before the Cavaliers game. We'll see what happened tonight uh, or last night by the time this airs. As of this moment, all opponents to the Jazz and the Nuggets have averaged less than a point of possession this year. Crazy. Right? So the Denver – I mean, your two first games, the Suns and Spurs, defensively are great. And yep. Thunder are an NBA team, but the Kings are. And uh, the Jazz defense against the Kings was unbelievable. I think Kings are good. They're kind of my sleeper good team,
1: surprise good team this year. Um, yeah, Denver has not allowed 100 points. I know that's a per-game number, but they haven't allowed it yet uh, so far in the first two. We'll see what happens with Cleveland. But that's another area where I look at the – we talked about this before the season. I said, I don't know if the Nuggets can be good defensively this year. It looks like not only do they can they be good, but so far, early return, small sample size, it looks like they actually – that's a strength. That's one of the things they do well. So. That'll be they'll be very tested tonight with quick guards and Colin Sexton and maybe Garland if he plays. But they'll be especially tested on a back to back going against Donovan Mitchell. That's so you, pick and spread pick and rolls obviously been Denver's kryptonite. They're going to get two teams that can really take advantage of that the Monday and Tuesday.
0: Jazz went to the playoffs. They got hit with their kryptonite, which was five wide. Rudy's out on the wing guarding. No one can guard the ball. They come downhill and the Clippers win four straight against the Jazz. You know, wildly right. actually the Kawhi injury helps them. Uh, Phoenix, the Jet, the Clippers, crypto, excuse me, the Nuggets kryptonite is Jokic in the pick and roll, and yeah. they run into Chris Paul, and they get spread out, and Jokic frankly looks bad in for locked yeah. parts of that series. On uh, offensively, still great. Like I, I, I'm all yeah, in. Like don't misunderstand. Like Rudy looked, Rudy was not impactful. Like two great players, it happens. What adjustments do you feel the Nuggets are making to that kryptonite? And then I'll let you take over if there's anything you want to add and ask about the Jets. Well, number one thing is having
1: their backcourt playing. I know Murray's not there, but having PJ Dozier and Will Barton makes a, a huge difference. There is a defensive chemistry in the pick and roll that happens between a guard and a big, just the communication and, and the timing and, and rhythm of all of that. But I think more than anything, this is me. I mean, I'm always coming to the defensive Jokic. It's just I watch him every night. I just I I think he's still in many ways underrated for what he does. I think he's just more rested. I think he ran out of steam in that series. And even against Phoenix in game number one, you just saw a much more active Jokic. You really saw it against the Spurs. I think he had five stocks or three, th- two blocks or a block and three steals, something like that. He's just been very, very active and mobile on the defensive end. Not necessarily in a quickness, but just there's no attrition. He's just, The fourth quarter, he looks like he does in the first quarter where he's light on his feet and he's playing, he's, he's playing at 100% the entire game. I think that's the biggest difference for him.
0: Anything you need to know about the Jazz before we wrap this baby
1: up? I'm curious the X factor. I, I'm, I'm curious if there's an X. I mean, this, this Jazz team is kind of the same. We know Donovan Mitchell. We know Rudy Gobert. Is there a guy that's been a little bit surprising so far in the early
0: go that might might make a different wrinkle? No, the only thing, the only Rudy Gay, I think, will have an impact. Like that's the Eventually, that's yeah. the piece that the front office really believes alters who they are. He's really quite big. I've been surprised at his size just being around him. He's also thirty five, so we'll see. Uh, coming off a foot injury, let's not be naive about that. Uh, Jared Butler was very good in preseason, but I'm just not a big. You know, I know fans love that, but right. I'm not a big believer that has an impact. Here's the subtle little thing that I think's different about this team this year, and might be overplaying this because there's just not that many things that different. Mike Conley chose to be here. Right. Yeah. Right? He got traded here. He adjusted. Yep. He took the and then he figured it out. He he in talking to him, he said, I just realized how much I'd be missing if I went somewhere else. And so I just think there's a little deeper buy. Not it's a very tricky wording, right? Because if I say there's deeper buy-in, it implies there was less buy-in before I'm not saying that at all. But there's just I there's no doubt he's here he's probably ending his career here right or at least feels that way like i just think there's a little bit like probably aaron gordon feels that way a little bit this year he just signed for he's really here now and so i think there's a little bit of that that's going on and that's been evident a little bit in training camp and practice and things of that nature
1: a quick other quick hitter i would have for you is just the bench how is the jazz bench look denver that's a huge up and down for for denver so Whiteside's replacing
0: Favors, who did not that's have right. a particularly good year. He was great against Sacramento. Uh, Rudy right. Gobert was minus nine, and we won a game. And the Jazz won a game, which yeah. I, uh, I think happened. I think Dan Clayton had a note that four times last year, Rudy was negative, and the Jazz actually won a game. Uh, so that he should funny. grab a
1: rebound per minute when he plays against Denver. Denver's really
0: small. He might be well, now- stretched out on defense, but he should rebound a lot. He's not a great second movement guy. Now, Bear's the best second movement guy, multiple action guy in the NBA. So that's a hard one. You know, you never look good when you when you go up in that. And then Eric Pascal's playing in what was George Niang's minutes, which uh, will be Rudy Gay's minutes right now. We'll see. He had a three the other uh, night. You know, actually, the comp on him is I think he should be building his career to try to try to be Jay Crowder. So like An unabashed shooter at a low percentage that creates gravity by just being (laughs) such a gunner that people guard it. He's pretty good with the ball in his hands. He's 6'6". He's huge, like big. Um, He actually moves pretty well laterally. So he could play – if you went small, in theory, he could play the five and you could switch one through five if you had to.
1: I liked Niang. I was a Niang guy.
0: I did too. He looked really bad in the playoffs, but I love him. and He's one of my favorite guys in the – there are, you know, Draymond Green talks about those players, right? There is a real difference between those guys that can play against, you know, that maybe prosper oh, against. It, yeah. yeah, there's just there isn't like when you're playing the four best teams in the league.
1: Yeah.
0: Or there, there's a little bit different athletic ability you might need to need. I'm to George Niang. I'm a big fan. He'll be great in Philly. He is unquestionably the most my favorite player I've ever covered in my entire life.
1: I think there might be, there's 82 game players, 16 game players. And I think there might be like eight game players, which is the conference finals finals. Cause that there's almost a different level when you get there and another group falls off.
0: All right. We got to wrap it up. Cause otherwise this guy texts that shows are too long. Uh, I'll always appreciate your time. You and I can talk NBA forever. We should just find two days off when both teams are off and just, Conversations like that last yeah. one. I'm cutting it off because, yes, everybody, that would have been interesting, but we would have been here for another hour. He's out of modest. He's locked on nuggets. I'm locked on jazz. Have a great one. Thanks for tuning in to Locked On Podcast Network and making us your first listen of the day. For your second listen, go to Locked On NBA, the daily podcast, 30 minutes every day running through all the night's action. You can't get it anywhere else. Go to Locked On NBA for your second listen today. Have a great one.